Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi there, this is Martina Navratilova. Uh, hi, I'm Mats Wilander. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport, brought to you on day five of the French Open 2017. I'm joined by Simon Briggs, The Telegraph's tennis correspondent, on episode 303 uh, of the Tennis Podcast. I think, Simon, you featured on episode 300, Ooh. but I completely forgot to reference it, so we can oh, have, wow. we can have a, a belated celebration just now. How <laughs> has your day been? How has day five been for Simon Briggs? Actually, it's been good. I mean, particularly a fascinating Murray match, I think. Not that all his matches aren't pretty interesting, but today was an absolute uh, classic of the genre. Had everything, including the, uh, the rant uh, uh, about spider cam, followed by the, uh, the, the somewhat counterintuitive suggestion in the press conference that it wasn't even though he threatened to sit down and go on strike if Spider-Cam wasn't moved out of the line of his sight on his ball toss. He was quite irritable about being asked about that again in press, wasn't he? He was like, I've said this over and over again, you know I hate Spider-Cam, but yet he still gets, he seems to get more riled up about it every time it happens, doesn't he? I just I like the idea that it's not a big deal, but I was going to go on strike. But please don't make a big deal of it because it's not important to when me. You, when you say it was a classic of the genre, what would, what, how exactly would you describe that genre that we're talking about? Probably a tragedy comedy, I think. Um, f- f- from the perspective of Andy's press conference, he was actually very bullish afterwards, though. In tabloid jargon, I'd probably say he, he roared. <laughs> you know, he said that he, he really felt like it had been a positive experience for him he'd been physically strong at the end he'd hit a hell of a lot of balls and he quite backed himself to make a uh, a strong showing against Del Potro in the third round he was asked pretty plainly by uh, our colleague uh, from the times about his uh, behavior on the court his attitude towards the, the box he was had some of his lines quoted back from him to him that he said in the heat of the moment he sort of winced a bit didn't he it's almost like he is, doesn't remember how he behaves on the court he, he, it, there's a split personality going on there isn't there it certainly goes into character <laughs> um, method acting is what's what's taking place as soon as uh, as soon as our man goes down on the court there. Um, but he was particularly vocal today. Um, he was saying things like... Um, he said not enough return practice at one point. I heard that. He said he couldn't control his racket. He said that... A lot um, of stuff about movement. Uh, I can't move. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so worried about my movement that I can't concentrate. That was one of them. And then, as we say, the, uh, the great spider cam rant. It was highly bizarre. Do you think he's just trying to fire himself up? You, I mean, perhaps not consciously, but subconsciously. Do you think that's all it is? Mats Verlander was courtside throughout. He thought he looked flat, certainly for the first set and a half. He was, he was pushing the ball rather than stepping into it and being aggressive. Do you think he's just looking for any way to fire himself up out there? Well, yes, but I think he achieved it. Because I, mean, I, I thought um, this could be a turning point. And also the other thing that he was particularly satisfied with was the fact that he triggered his own uh, turnaround by changing his return position. So that was, that was you know, one of those computer-like um, Andy moments where he kind of feeds all the data into, into, into that unusual brain he has and it pops out a solution like a sort of ticker tape machine. Um, it, it is an unusual brain, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> that much we can say. I mean, I, I, I think I've referred to him as, as MacGyver in the past sometimes. That's the biggest compliment you could pay anyone. <laughs> wow, Simon. Wow, I'm not sure even world number one Andy Murray is deserving of that praise. Just before we go on to talk about uh, who his next opponent will be, Juan Martín Del Potro, he had an eventful day today as well. I will just bring you uh, the couple of questions I was able to do with him for Eurosport after the match. One on Del Potro and one also on that on-court behaviour. And he was actually quite forthcoming you know he's he's been unfortunate this year with the ranking bracket that he's in um, at a lot of the big tournaments it's meant that he's been seeded to face you know some of the, the top players very early on he played uh, Federer in, in Miami um, I think he played Novak um, in Acapulco and in uh, and in Indian Wells he lost to Ryanich in Delray Beach um, you know, he played Dimitrov in the, in the first round in, uh, in Rome uh, before losing to, to Novak there. So um, he, he's had a lot of tough draws because of, of where his ranking's at. But when he, he's playing well, he's, he's still one of the, the best players in, in the world for sure. Two matches down, two four-set matches. Perhaps not the most physically draining, but mentally draining. You've been quite animated out there on the court searching for something in your box. Is that taking much out of you? Um, no, I think it's more searching for my game is, is what I'm looking for and trying to find the, you know, the balance and, you know, how, how I play when you've not won lots of matches, um, you know, and you're coming into a slam, you know, there's a lot of pressure in, in these events. These are the ones where you want to perform well. Um, and yeah, I feel like, you know, t today I felt a little bit more frustrated at times than, than in the first round. I felt a little bit more in, in control in the the first round match but um, I, I managed to, to get through it I played some good stuff at times and um, I'm sure in the, the next one I'll, I'll play better we can't wait good luck for it Andy thank you cheers uh, so that's Andy Murray talking to me after the match. As you heard there, he will play Juan Martín Del Potro in the next round. As tough a third round match as you could wish for at a Grand Slam. Just before we talk about that matchup, we must talk about the experience Juan Martín Del Potro and his retiring opponent, Nicolas Almagro, went through today. Some extraordinary scenes, Simon. Were you watching them? Will you be writing about them tomorrow? And if so, can you explain them for us? Yeah, I mean, there have been some emotional moments, haven't there? When you think about Steve Johnson uh, yesterday and, and today, it was Almagro. <laughs> Extraordinary uh, visual moment when Del Potro sent a serve down. It looked like it would have been an ace anyway. But uh, instead of moving to it, Almagro just stood with his head bowed, his hands on his knees, staring at the ground, and he didn't move. For, uh, and, and, and time ticked on, and everyone was looking at him. And then... Juan Martin was walking towards him 
and then the, the umpire was down and, and, and then he was sobbing. He still hadn't moved from this kind of uh, doubled over position and then he just fell on his back and he lay there racked with sobs and then Delpo was sort of patting him on the, on, the, on the chest trying to reassure him. Then he went over to his chair and Delpo had his arm around him, he had his hand in his hair, sort of ruffling his hair. And, you know, once again, Delpo, absolute gent, isn't he? Always to deal with um, great reputation among... He, he packed Almagro's bag for him. I didn't see that bit because I, I was only watching the, uh, the recording video clip. But uh, the guy, he always comes across as sheer class, doesn't he? And, and you know, awful luck for Almagro, who had to retire against Nadal, I think, in Rome couple of weeks ago and, and now this and and uh, he, he was well placed in the match there was one at all very uh, close fought from the perspective of the next match Delpo is not necessarily entirely free of physical issues himself he has come in talking about back and shoulder problems which made him wonder whether he would even participate and today he went off court for some groin uh, treatment so it could be that although Murray spent three and a half hours on the court today as opposed to one and a half for Delpo, it could be that Murray might be the fresher in the next round. Taking injury out of it, the equation, and I agree, it very well could be a factor, but let's assume it's not going to be. Is this the match that Andy perhaps needs? There is absolutely no way he can be flat on Saturday of the French Open facing Juan Bautista Del Potro, and it will inevitably be on Philippe Chatry, and the crowd will inevitably be deep into it. And they'll probably be against him, which will bring out that defiance in him, which is what he's been trying to do by sort of artificial contrived means on the court isn't he do you, do you think this could be the tonic he's requiring you're you're, you're grimacing well, at me well, well it's more than i think that today's match might be because clyzan was a really awkward customer he did crank up this forehand and he hit some you know 100 mile an hour forehands maybe 10 times in the match he also hit a few of those into the bottom of the net though didn't he? he did give a free freebies away but look, I, I think that, that what, what matters almost more than what we saw is what Murray saw. And Murray clearly saw a chink of light. But he, he said to me in that interview, he thought he, he was more happy with his first round performance than with that one. Interesting. He, but he seemed more upbeat about his physical state. And yes, that, I'd agree with that. But and, and the number of balls that he hit and how much it would, it would bring to him. Perhaps that's, that's the difference. But does, does the, the fact that we're um, unearthing this sort of lack of consistency in, in his assessment of how he's doing indicate a sort of discombobulation in Andy Murray? Is he, is he perhaps not best placed to judge at the moment what's going on with him? He thinks he, he's at least saying everything's fine, isn't he? He's saying, I'm struggling, but I'm not tired. It's fine. I, I just need to sit out and wait to find my form. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an interesting perspective. Um, I just think, don't think that Delpo is necessarily quite at his own peak either. And I just, I just after today, I've, I've, I've got a sneaking suspicion that Murray might go through that one. Burdick went out today to Karen Kachanov. Great result for Kachanov, who I actually interviewed after that. And boy, is he an imposing figure in person, considering he's only 21 years old. He is enormous. Like The, the thought of staring him down at the other end of the net is deeply terrifying. Hyun Chung won today as well. He's on a good run, so a couple of next-gen players doing really well. Kyle Edmund, I've just interviewed him. He won. He was very impressive today, wasn't he, against... Who did he play? I've forgotten already. Renzo Olivo, who wasn't at full force, wasn't at Songa beating full force, it's fair to be said. Yeah, I think you predicted that on yesterday's podcast, didn't you, without um, 
you didn't have too much troubles. Um, but as those um, young 20-something players have prospered, Nick Kyrgios went the other way, didn't he, against Kevin Anderson, an extraordinary uh, match in which he, he definitely seemed to, to uh, suffer a kind of um, a mental meltdown of the kind that, that he is somewhat prone to do. He was a set and 4-2 up, cruising along. Suddenly, he served two double faults um, to give uh, Anderson a break. And then he smashed a racket on the court, went off. It, it was more than a simple smash, Simon. Yeah, but I think the one on the court was, was straightforward. It was then he, he then went down to the changeover and, and, he, and he whacked the, 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 his racket six times against the Perrier box. Um, and there was a brilliant shot of this little boy behind him going, I'm about to, about to, about to, about to impersonate this on radio, which isn't going to work. But he had, had, his, had his mouth open and he was nodding his head each time the racket <laughs> swung back into the box. It was another tragic comedy. And, and Kyrgios then was hit with a point penalty. So I think Anderson started his next game in 15 love. Yeah, quick summary of women's results. Nothing really of any great note today, which is why we're not focusing on it. As I say, Radvanska fought through three sets. Simona Halep is on court at the moment. I saw a bit of the first set. She looked very impressive. She's still my pick for the title. Is she yours, Simon? Yeah, Halep, Halep to, to win. But I mean, Muguruza, as he said yesterday, uh, definitely growing in, in stature with every match. So... That would be an amazing final. Um, hang on, I don't even know if they're on the same side of the draw. Are they on no, the opposite side of the draw. Muguruza plays well, tomorrow so, on yeah. uh, on Philippe Chatrier, as does Nadal, as does Djokovic. It's Puy that's been shunted out to Longlen tomorrow. Dimitrov on court one, team on court one. I mean, if you got Muguruza against Halep in the final, that would be a good argument. To get, you know, after all the sort of oh, well, what a shambles <laughs> coming in about the women's t- uh, tournament. That would be a great way to to go wouldn't it that would be a very satisfying not, not a shamble Simon an open exciting draw <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today that's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Uh, so it all kicked off uh, when Margaret Court wrote an open letter to Qantas to express her disappointment that they've become an active promoter for same-sex marriage. She says she believes in marriage as a union between a man and a woman, as stated in the Bible, and that she feels she has no option but to use other airlines where possible for her extensive travelling. Where do you think Mark, Margaret Court is doing extensive travelling to? That, I mean, that's a bit of a side <laughs> issue, but I'd love to know. Um, and there has been plenty of response, and she's done a follow-up interview. Why people are still seeking her thoughts on this, I don't know. But, of course, they're going to be reported if she's saying them. She says tennis is full of lesbians. Yeah, great. Even when I was playing, there were only a couple, but those couple that led took young ones into parties i don't even understand really what she's saying there and what you get at the top is often what you get right through the sport there were also some deeply deeply terrifying uh, and offensive comments uh, about transgender people which don't even bear repeating i think if a comment includes comparisons to hitler um i mean i have seen a lot of publications not even printing those because they're just so ghastly and uh, the best response to it all, I mean there's been plenty of response all the players have been asked about whether they think the Margaret Court Arena should be renamed Martina Vashilova today has written an open letter herself she said it's now clear exactly who Court is, an amazing tennis player and a racist and a homophobe, her vitriol is not just an opinion, she is actively trying to keep LGBT people from getting equal rights, she is demonising trans kids and trans adults everywhere uh, and then she references that uh, those LGBT uh, comments re relating to Nazis. And uh, she says the platform people like Margaret Court use needs to be made smaller and not bigger. And that is why she believes the Margaret Court Arena should be renamed. And she advocates it being named to the Yvonne Gulagong Arena. She says now there is a person we can all celebrate on every level. Simon, do you agree? I was just going to say that if Margaret Court is travelling, maybe she's going to Russia or possibly the, the Middle East and Emirates where they... Uh, have our very similar views on uh, on the rights of, of uh, homosexual people. Yeah, she's travelling back to the 1890s. <laughs> no, because another possibility. In fact, we wish she would. Um, I think all I would say is that uh, I think there's absolutely no way I can imagine that we will be playing on Margaret Court Arena come January. Do you think so? Because several players have backed away from commenting on it. They've said either the naming of the arena is sort of neither here nor there because it's about celebrating her tennis achievements. I have to say, my my view before I read Navratilova's letter was that I find her horrendous, her views horrendous. I think she's an irrelevance. I pe wish people would stop asking her views on anything because I, I don't care. She's just nasty. Uh, but I sort of thought, is that reason to rename an arena? Because... The arena does celebrate her tennis achievements. But then I read Navratilova's letter and I was completely persuaded it is about more than just tennis achievements. The Arthur Ashe Stadium in the States, Arthur Ashe is not the most decorated, illustrious American tennis player of all time. That, ten that stadium is named after him because of who he was as a person. And the naming of that arena in Australia after Margaret Court means that her name is mentioned far more frequently than it would be. And that... That is a platform, isn't it? And it's a platform I personally don't think she should have. Yeah, I mean, as we know, if, if sport is purely about rackets and balls, then I think uh, it loses um, people's interest pretty quickly. It's about people, um, and you can't take the person out of, of the argument, and you can't imagine that there will be a, a, a possibility of playing on Margaret Court Arena without it being raised. 
Simon is looking at his phone. He has to go. He has to go and write things, which you will be reading in the Telegraph tomorrow. I will be doing interviews, which you will be seeing on Eurosport, possibly later on tonight, because there's plenty more plays still to take place uh, on Philippe Chatre, on Suzanne Longlon. There's a whole match still to start on Suzanne Longlon. Richard Gasquet uh, is going to start against Victor Estrella Burgos pretty soon, and I can very much see that one uh, being held overnight because Victor Estrella Burgos does not really do short matches. But I hope uh, that has been a satisfactory roundup of play on day five of Roland Garros 2017. Hope you're enjoying the daily French Open podcast. We're trying to bring them to you daily. It is sometimes a struggle, uh, but we're doing our best with the help of an absent David Law as well. So we have been the tennis podcast once again, and we have been brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. Join me again tomorrow. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 